Do you believe it? For it's gospel truth. Amen. If you have your Bible, open it to Acts chapter 2. This is going to be our final sermon on the Holy Spirit. I hope it's been an encouraging series for you. It has been for me as I prepared it each week. Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. And we're also going to look at Romans 12 also today. We are a covenant community of mutually broken people where we own and admit our own brokenness and welcome and embrace another person's brokenness under the cross and the resurrection. I say that again. We are a covenant community of mutually broken people. We all are broken. Where we own and admit our own brokenness, and we welcome and embrace another person's brokenness, both under the cross and the resurrection. It's within this community of brokenness that we share and serve with our life. For if we are being filled with the Spirit, if His power is living in us and working in us, then we'll strive to be good stewards of the life that Jesus has given us. Last week we talked about one aspect of our life that we are to be a good steward with, and that is with our time. That we are to share it and serve with it within the community that God has placed us in. This morning we're going to talk about the final two aspects of our life that we are to share and serve with. That is our treasure and our talent. So open your Bible to Acts 2, beginning in verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness, glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Please pray with me. Father, as I come and to your word, I mean, I have to be honest. I really don't feel like preaching today. I'm just being honest. But that's good because I need your spirit to move anyway. Because it's not about me. It's not about what I'm offering. It's not about my reputation or pats on the back or comments about sermons. But Lord, it's about you, the king of the universe, the one who went to Calvary, the one who rose again, the one who ascended, and the one who now intercedes on behalf of his beloved people. I am none of those things. I never will be any of those things. I am just a servant, an under-shepherd to the true shepherd. And I need that shepherd to shine brightly today. I need his name to be lifted up today. I need glory in all eyes upon him today. And my pride and my ego and, and my desire for man's praise to be set aside. Thank you, Lord. To be set aside 
so the people here can see you and who you truly are. So, Spirit, I need you to move. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. We can never get these sound systems to work. We've been working our way through Acts chapter 2, verses uh, 42 to 47. And it's really a picture of the early church and the fellowship that they had, the community that they had, because the Spirit was at work within that community. It gives us a picture of what would take place in any church if the Spirit of God is at work within that church. You see, just because we sing songs, just because we have sermons, that's not always a guarantee that the Spirit of God is at work. As I always say, preaching is nothing if the Spirit of God doesn't move. I don't care how many seminary degrees I have or how, Greek, how much Greek and Hebrew I know, if the Spirit of God does not move, nothing happens. But do we believe it? In this early church, he was moving. And so these folks, they shared with their life, they, sh- they, they served with their life in that community. They gave of their time, as we saw last week, and they also gave of their treasure. Verse 44 says, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as they had need. The verb here for to sell, it emphasizes a repeated action. It wasn't just something they did one time. It was something that was part of their community. It was part of their culture. It's what they did. On a regular basis, a reoccurring basis, they, they did these things. It was a custom to them to sell their possessions and belongings from time to time. And they, when they sold their, their personal property, this is a material possession. This is what this is talking about. And they gave to all. They shared with all within their community. They shared their treasures within the community that God placed them in. Now, what was the first thing that came to your mind when... I read that verse. First thought, was it guilt? Self-righteousness? Entitlement? Anger? Protection? See, no matter how holy and humble people are, people still get funny when you talk about their money. I don't care how holy and humble people are. When you start talking about money, they get funny. We all do. That includes you. It includes myself. And let's be honest. Some of us are nervous right now. Starting to get sweaty and a little warm. Ask yourself, what is he getting ready to say about my money and stuff? What am I going to have to sell now and give away? How much am I going to have to put in that offering plate? Honey, I know I should have stayed home today. (laughs) I know I should have stayed home. Because people get funny when you start talking about their money. But let me ease your nerves. What took place here is not what it appears to be on the surface. And what this is going to call you to do is probably not what you're currently feeling. What took place here is that certain believers sold their material possessions in order to help out brothers and sisters in need. It wasn't them selling everything they had, giving away, and taking vows of poverty. This was not the beginnings of redistribution of wealth. 
It was not Marxist, where you can have any personal property. No, it was brothers and sisters taking care of their own within the covenant communion that God placed them in. The text says, they gave to all as they had need. And overlook that one phrase. They gave to all as they had need. Let's face it. In any community, there are going to be needs. People are going to have needs. One pastor says, all human beings have what he calls felt needs. Social needs, physical needs. Do you believe that? We all have them. Doesn't matter where you live, or how, where you have, or how, what school you got, how much money you got. You have felt needs. And some of the believers in this early church had those needs. And in this covenant community, they walked alongside of one another in, t- in meeting those needs. One author says Luke alludes to establishing of a general fund out of which the poor were supported, into which the rich placed money gained from the sales of pro- property. Moreover, those who had possessions sold them on a regular basis, using their treasures, using the thing they've been blessed with to bless others within the covenant community that God placed in. Taking care of one another is part of the fellowship of the saints. It's part of it. Not just going to church, looking good in outfits, it's doing life together. And when we do life together, we take care of one another out of fellowship of the saints, because we care about one another. The caring, this is caring with deeds, not just with words. And it's an overflow of your faith in Christ. If you love him, you're also going to love one another. If you love him. It's a natural overflow because those, if you feel with the Spirit, the Spirit of God is truly working in you, then you will share and serve with your treasures. This is what they were doing because it's not their treasure. It was God's treasure. And he made them stewards of that treasure. So the question for us is, whose treasure is it? The treasure that you have. We all have treasure. Who does it belong to at the end of the day? In our heart of hearts, even in my heart, I believe it's my treasure. Because we went to school, right? We're the ones that get up in the morning and go clock in and we clock out. We're the ones who put in 12 hours in every day. So every two weeks, that paycheck is mine. Spend it how I want to spend it. Right? But it's not ours. It belongs to him. We are simply stewards of what he has blessed us with. You have to realize that you are a beneficiary of the generosity of God. Do you not know that? For God made him who had no sin to be sin on your behalf so that you might become the righteousness of God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that through his poverty you might become rich. You see what he's saying there? That you have become rich through Jesus' suffering. God met your greatest need by sending his son. And so out of his generosity to you, that should motivate you 
to be given in Genesis 1 because of how much he's done for you. That's the motivation behind giving, behind anything we do, behind serving with our treasure within our covenant community. So why do you give? Why do you tithe? How do you use your treasure? It's not about glory to yourself. It's not about relieving guilt. It's not about sowing a financial seed so you can get more financial blessings. It's not about paying God off or making yourself look good. You bless because you have been blessed. You give because you have been given to. And if you don't see that, then you really don't understand in, in the songs that we sing when it talks about the serpent of Christ. We all benefit from the death of Christ. Riches in Christ. Blessings from the Father. All because of what Jesus did for us. You extend mercy because you have received mercy on a daily basis. We receive it from him. Daily. We give and tithe out of gratitude and faithfulness. Both are an expression of our faith in Christ. Tim Keller, he's a pastor in New York. He says this, the grace of God makes Christ precious to us so that our possessions and our money and our time have all become eternally and utterly expendable. They used to be critical to our happiness. They are not so now. But do we believe that? Do I believe that? Not all the time, but it's the fact. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring you to a place in your life where you can see that your time and your treasures are no longer crucial to your happiness. You know, listen to one sermon like this and going out there is not going to do it. You can't put that in your day time. You can't schedule that. You have to pray that. You have to pray that for that to happen. That he will bring you to a place where your happiness is all dependent upon Christ. The question is, do you want the Spirit to take you to that place when it comes to our things? Do we? Pastor Deacon Duncan, he's a pastor in Jackson, Mississippi. He, in the sermon he preached on 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, he told this to his congregation. He says, but Paul goes on to say, and furthermore, that given, the, given, to, the, given to these saints in need are not so that those saints can be eased, while they are endowed with strength and stretch because of their giving, but they give to the saints because of the needs of the saints. And then there will be a time when those saints are no longer in need that they will one day help you. He says, we are familiar with this in Mississippi right now. Many of us are involved with helping the saints who are in need on the coast of Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana. And there, will, and there will be a time when you come back and help us in need, when we're in need. One of the things that has touched me most greatly over the past couple of weeks is a receipt for a check for $30 from Christians in Zimbabwe. Christians that you have been sending money to on the mission so they can do God's work have sent $30, an enormous sacrifice for them, huge amount of money so that we can help those affected by the hurricane. I hope you understand what he's saying. It's not the amount that you give. It's the heart and attitude behind why you're giving it, why you're doing it, using the treasure. You give because of the needs of the saints. When there's a saint in need, you give. If you're in a position to give, you give. So one day, you're going to be in need. 
let's face it, one day you're going to be in a need. And you should expect the saints of God to come to your aid. And so with that need that we know about and we're able to give, we give because they are saints, because they are saved. And the family takes care of them. The spirit is working in our midst that we would joyfully and repentantly walk alongside of each other when it comes to sharing and serving with our children. We will. A friend of mine shared a photo from a church that had a very unique bulletin board in its church. At the top of the bulletin board, it had a quote from Malachi 3.8. And Malachi 3.8 says, Will a man rob God? That's a legitimate question. But it didn't stop there. It, the bulletin board goes further. Underneath the board, up underneath the biblical quote, was a, something called the non-tithers board. This church listed by name all those who did not tithe from the church. I'm not making that up. That church took shame and guilt in order to make people give. That ain't our practice here at the Village Church. If you've been coming here for a while, then you realize we, we don't pass the offering plate. It's not because we don't think giving and tithing is, is, is important, because we believe it's due. We believe it's part of worship. You see, it's, it's, it's a responsibility and a privilege to be able to support the work, the church and its worshiping work. And we're not going to shame anybody. We're not going to guilt anybody. We're not going to pat you on the back either when you give. Either. We're not giving out gold name tags, silver name tags, or bronze name tags based on levels of giving. We're not. But we will teach you, disciple you, and shepherd you when it comes to stewardship. And if you're convicted about something in the process, don't get mad with me. I'm just a messenger. It means you may need to go have a coming to Jesus meeting with Jesus. But if the Spirit gives you a heart to give, if you ask him for it, if you ask him for it, he'll give it to you. In a healthy covenant community, members share and serve their treasures and talents. And they also do so when it comes to the talents. God has gifted each of us with talents that we can use within the church. This is what Paul tells us in Romans 12, and I'll read it. He says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than he ought to, but think with sober judgment. According to the measure of faith, God has assigned. For as is one body, we have many members, so the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one in Christ, individual members of one another, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. Let us use them. Your talents, whatever you're good at, whatever you're gifted at, has been given to you by the Father. And everyone in this room has gifts. Do you know them? Your talents, what are you gifted at? Are you using them? God has given us these gifts and talents for a reason. That's to be used within the church so that we can build up the church. 
One of my favorite movies is uh, Chariots of Fire. And it's based upon the true story of two British athletes. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the, the conversation that Eric has with his sister. She, she's convinced he should be a missionary. That, that's God, that, that is what God wants him to do. But Eric is not convinced of that. Listen to what he tells his sister. He says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his presence. God has made me for a purpose, but I'm also fast. And when I run, I feel his presence. Can you say that where you are in your life? What has God made you? And when you're doing that, do you feel his presence? Do you feel his pleasure over you? Can you? If you can't, that means you got to start looking at your life differently. Start looking at where you are differently. Start looking over your shoulder and what everyone else has, what everyone else is good at, and start looking at ways in which God has blessed you with unique talents and gifts that you can use for his glory. And when you use them, his, you feel his presence. Because in one body, not every member is going to have the same function. We're not. And here's the thing. Function is not about self-worth. It's not about dignity. It's about role. And as my friend Mark would say, it's about staying in your particular role. We all have a role that we're in. It's about finding your niche, what you're passionate about, and serving them with your talent. We all have talents that differ according to the grace given to us. I attended a church years ago where some of the members would say, this is the church where you don't have to do anything. At the time, I thought that was a cool reputation to have in the community. Yeah, the church where you don't have to do anything. Because 20% 20 of people get tired of doing 80% of the work, right? So it was cool to have that cool reputation in the community. Until you need someone to serve the nursery. It ain't cool anymore. <laughs> because this is a church where you don't have to do anything. Which means you don't have to serve. But over the years I've learned that that is not biblical view of life within the community of the church. It's clear from scripture that we are to use our gifts and talents to build up the church, to edify the church. Not for self-gain, not for self-promotion. And I think you know, we truly have a serving church, a working church, and I'm thankful for that. Many of you came out yesterday and, and, and served. Many of you are serving in the community with Lincoln Village Ministry, so we are a working church. I thank God for that. But let's not fool ourselves. Not everyone here are using their gifts and talents. And so if you're not plugged in, you're looking for ways to serve, there are plenty of ways for you to serve, plenty of things that can be done if you want to. We need help in the women's ministry. We need women who have a heart for women to help, to serve there. Contact Melissa Watkins if you're interested. We need help with our student ministries. You know, contact Lyle and Ebony. We need tutors at the schools, at Lincoln Village Academy, at MLK. If you have music gifts and love to sing, contact Pam. We need you to use your gifts to edify the body of Christ 
you have financial gifts or financial counseling, that's a need. Use that. Use that gift. Whatever God, how has God gifted you? Use it. See your life differently. And God will use you to build up his church. Isn't that what we desire? To have a local body of Christ that works properly? A body that can grow and build itself up in love? Isn't that what we desire here? The Spirit is filling us. The Spirit is truly working in this church. That should be a reality for us. It ain't going to be perfect. It ain't going to be without issue. It ain't going to be without drama. That's just part of it. But we do, we work through our mess together. We will share and serve with our time, our treasure, and our talents. The Spirit of God is working in us. Those three things. Your time, your treasure, and your talents. You will be a good steward of those things if the Spirit's working in you. And I love how Luke ends this, 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 the, the, his, his summary in Acts 2. He says, they were praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the number of those who were being saved. There's something to say when the church is healthy. The Lord will add to the number of those who are being saved. So my encouragement to us is that as we move forward as a church, doing what God has called us to do as a family, that we will strive to be a body that is healthy. That's all a pastor can ask for, that, his, that the people that God placed around me is healthy. Because it's not about numbers. Because you can have numbers and have a whole bunch of drama and be unhealthy as all get out. But you can be small and healthy and committed to what God has called us to do. And I believe that's what we are. And I got to tell you, it's an honor being your pastor. It's an honor serving you. It's an honor walking alongside of you, going to battle with you. I want you guys to know that. I believe I have the best church in Huntsville to pastor. And I believe that. And I just want to share that with you guys this morning. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving my family. Thank you for walking alongside of us. And, and I thank God that he's called me to be pastor of this church. I am what God wants me to be. So thank you guys very much. Let us pray. Father, your word says, our love for one another, the world would know that we are your disciples. Out of our love for one another, the world we know that we are your disciples. So, Spirit, I pray that this will be a continued reality for us here in this church as a covenant community of believers that we will love one another. That our love will be greater than our differences and our preferences. That, Lord, we will keep short accounts with one another. We will resolve our issues and conflicts in a biblical manner. That we'll not be a church where we gossip and slander one another. But Lord, we'll come to people we have issues with and deal with it. If we love each other, we'll deal with our issues in a biblical way. And that's all I can pray for, Lord. And I pray that you will help us to be a witness to those who don't know you. That we'll be good stewards of our time, our talents, and our treasures. And that we will live out our faith, Lord. Giving of our faith serving wherever you've called us to serve, that we'll just be faithful where we are 
Help us to see our life differently. Help us to see where you call us, the place you want us to be. And there we serve. There we give. There we be a witness. Help us, Spirit, to do the things that we cannot do. And I pray for this in your son's name.